0: والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين، نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. أما بعد، فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحمين: بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا. وقال تعالى: ألم تعلم بأن الله يرى؟ I bet at some stage you may have found yourself in this position where someone was speaking to you and after a while you stop the person and say just can you repeat yourself? I didn't hear you. I was just lost in my thoughts. Either you've done that to someone or someone's done that to you. The reality is that as humans, 47% of the time, we are just lost in our thoughts, worrying about the future, reminiscing or grieving of the past and seldom appreciating, enjoying and living in the present moment. Sometimes it is shown from research that a single intrusion from a thought can distract you with the task at hand where it may even take you 20 minutes or more to reach that intensity of what you were doing before that intrusion of the thought. So how do we deal with this? That is where the concept of mindfulness comes in. Mindfulness is to be aware and present with your focus in the action that you're doing. So to be acutely aware of what am I doing at this time, to train your brain and to pay attention to what you're doing. From the Islamic point of view, this ties into the concept of muraqabah. Muraqaba literally means to observe from raqib or raqaba yuraqibu, to watch, to oversee. And when we look at it from the Islamic point in terms of what is expected from us, then it is to be in a deep state of awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Rabbul Izzah says, "Inna Allaha kana alaykum rakiba." Allah is always watchful over you. Someone asked Abdullah bin Mubarak, Rahimahullah, what is he in fact gave advice and he said, Raqibilla Azza wa jal, Make muraqab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. an tafsirihi. So they said, Oh Imam, Abdullah bin Mubarak, explain to us what is this that you're talking about? Make muraqab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, Kun abadan ka'anna Be perpetually in the state. As though you are seeing Allah And this ties in with a hadith Hadith of Jibreel In which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said In fact the messenger sallallahu tara fa said Worship Allah As though you can see Him If you cannot see Allah Then on the second level Know that Allah is seeing you The highest level is to be able to see Allah you are worshipping Him? And on the second level, then to know that Allah is watching me. And as you progress, the veils for the experience of this will then open up. Someone asked, Haris al-Muhasibi, rahimahumullah, what is Muhasaba? And he said, ilmul qalbi qurbillah, the conviction of the heart, of the ever-attentiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this can be understood, you know, from... A short anecdote of the past where there was a teacher who was with his class, a group of kids, and he had some candy and he distributed it amongst each student in the class with the instruction that I want you to go in a place where no one is seeing you and hide this candy away. This was the explicit instruction and then he dismissed the class saying that they should go away and that they should come back the next day giving a report on where they had hidden the candy away. And the next morning, the entire class had returned without the candy in the hand, except that there was one boy who had his candy in his hand. And the teacher's gaze immediately fell on this boy. And he asked the boy that, why is your candy still in your hand? Were you not able to do what the rest of the class was able to do in terms of hiding their candy in a way where nobody would see it or nobody would know? And the boy then responds and says to the teacher, Oh, my teacher, I climbed up the tree and I wanted to hide it away there. Then I realized Allah is watching me. I went under the bed and I wanted to hide it there, then I realized Allah is watching me. I, I went to an open field and I wanted to hide it there, and then I realized Allah is watching me. I then was convinced that there was no way that I could go without Allah watching me. Therefore, O oh teacher, take your candy back. I'm not able to fulfill this task. The poet says, at-tughyan." فَاسْتَحِي مِنْ الْإِلَٰهِ وَقُلْ لَهَا إِنَّ الَّذِي خَلَقَ When you're in the darkness of the night and the nafs, your passion and desires is inciting you there's no one watching, no one will know it will remain a secret who's going to know what we're doing at this time of the night فَاسْتَحِي مِنْ الْإِلَٰهِ Be bashful, be shy of the gaze of Allah because Tell your nafs. Know well, the one who created the darkness is watching me. The one who created the darkness is watching me. Someone asked, Junaid Baghdadi, الله, I have this problem. A wandering eye. Always looking at the wrong things. So how do I gain control of my Gaze, so that I don't look at what I'm not supposed to be looking at. And he said, بِعِلْمِكَ ilayka nadrika ilal With a reflection that before your gaze reaches that pretty lady or the immodest uh, scene on the screen, before your gaze reaches that, the gaze of Allah is already on you. Reflect about that. That will help you to control your gaze. So when the youngster came back and he said, Oh, my teacher, excuse me, excuse me. I'm not able to fulfill the task that you've given me to hide this candy in a place where no one will find it or no one sees me. The teacher responded by saying, You are a boy with a special gift. And how right the teacher was. It turned out to be none other than Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i The giant of this ummah who has left such a contribution that on a daily basis we remain indebted to his teachings. So how do we move to that heightened state of awareness? There's a lot of buzz in western circles these days about mindfulness and meditation. And typically, when you think of meditation then you have a picture of a Buddhist person sitting cross legged with an orange robe uh, with his head shaven off, and he's sitting in a state of relaxation outwardly, it seems, and maybe ha- hyming or you know, uh, chanting something. So, that is what we think about when we talk of meditation. What they've done is they've made it a focus uh, for attaining. Calmness and de Whereas from an Islamic point of view Why do we focus on muraqabah? We focus on muraqabah Because it is that heightened state of awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And how we can move towards that state To be constantly in that state of an heightened awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And to gain that One of the things that we will have to train is Our thoughts It is our thoughts that take us a thousand miles. That many times we just say, I was lost in my thoughts. But we need to gain control of that. The brain can be trained. Like how we train the muscles, we can also train the brain. And very often, or what the typical scenario that happens is, Imam Suyuti, Rahim Allah is outlined. The initial flash that comes on your mind, that is called hajis. As you... Entertain that, that becomes khatir. Then, when you start now, going further into an internal dialogue, that becomes hadithun nafs, and eventually the fourth, where you take a decision, it is called Azam or hum. So, to typically explain to you, this is the Juma time, and while you're in salah, the thought may come that I have a problem with my car. It just flashes in your mind. Uh, the second thought comes, what's for lunch today? The third thought comes, it's a hot day. All of this flashes through your mind, and as humans, it will continue to flash. And there's no way of removing that from flashing up on your mind. But now, when the third thought comes, that today's a hot day, maybe I should go to the beach. Now you're entertaining the thought. As you continue entertaining the thought, what happens is, but which beach will I go to today? Should it be Hobie Beach? Should it be the Happy Valley Beach? Or should it be Summer Strand? Which beach? And as you continue entertaining the thoughts, the salah is still progressing. And then eventually you say that, you know what, maybe today is not a good day. Tomorrow I'll go with the family and we'll go to the Happy Valley Beach. And you've made your decision. That is azm, or uh, that is the, the last point of hum. And as you've come to your decision, you've barely made your decision in your mind. The Imam is saying, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah and you've passed through several postures of Salah where perhaps you may have or may not have been robotically uttering the tasbih of the Salah, but your mind was actually lingering on your plans for going to the beach. Or it could be in a different scenario where you were with the family, and at any moment you worried about what's going to happen with the bills. Will I be able to pay the bills? I don't have security of job. And these thoughts continue lingering in your mind, whereas while you are with your family, you're supposed to be aware and be emotionally present with them, connecting with them. Or it may be the intrusion that comes with us every moment. We've become addicted to the phone, the continuous stream of information. It's almost like a phantom alarm bell It's ringing. Check, is there any messages? So you're constantly distracted. And with the training of our thoughts, will bring our thoughts to be present and aware in the action that we are doing at that moment. And that is what will help us, firstly, on various levels, it will help us in terms of having a better quality of life, better quality to our worship, and better manage our relationships with those around us. So what is the first step towards this muraqaba that we've been talking about? How can we practice it in a practical sense? So the ulama after sauf have outlined, how do you go about practicing muraqabah? Firstly, what is needed is seclusion. From the moment we wake up in the morning, there's competition for our attention. Dad, I want this. Darling, you've got to fix that at the home. There's a continuous competition for our attention from various individuals around us and also from the cell phone and the various screens, everything calling for our attention. We're also being stimulated in so many different ways. So we lack stillness. We lack peace and quietness. So what is the first thing that we need to do is establish a moment of quietness in our daily routine. Maybe in the early hours of the morning or if you're more comfortable during your lunch break or in the evening. Choose the time of the day that is most suitable for yourself. Now, once you've chosen the time, set aside the same time every day. For two to three minutes just. That's all that is required. As you've chosen your time and your place, it should be a place where there's not that many distractions. So the phone should obviously be out of the scenario. Together with that, anything that would be a distraction to you should be taken away. In a place where the surrounding won't distract you, nor all the people that are there. It's just that you can now focus inwardly. In that moment that you have, now you begin by focusing on your presence. Where am I? What am I doing? Start taking deep breaths in. Focus on your breathing. And then you ask yourself, what am I experiencing? What am I thinking? How am I feeling at this moment? And then any thought that comes, any intrusion that comes to your mind, you begin to ward it off. And you allow your body to go to a complete state of restfulness. And as you're in this state, and you feel the relaxation in your body, either with your eyes open or closed, now you begin to focus on Allah, Izzah. Allah is the nur and the light of the heavens and the earth. We are closer to you than your jugular vein. At that moment, sitting either cross legged or in a tahiyat with all thoughts warded off from your mind, you begin to focus that my Allah is an embodiment of light. And from His Arsh coming down onto the Kaaba, and from the Kaaba coming into my body is this light. And I can feel it entering into my heart. And from my heart it spreads through my own body. And I can feel it beginning from the head. And it's spreading through my body as it's coming down. Until you reach the point that you feel that light in every cell in your body. You feel that your entire body has been engulfed in that light. And you remain in that sensation it may last a few moments and then a thought may come to your mind which will try to distract you. You need to be able to ward off that thought and anchor this position within yourself and keep it, allow it to linger and savor the sensation. And as you do that for two or three minutes every day, then that will become anchored, it will become part and parcel of your daily routine. What that will then give you, it will give you that clarity of mind. It will give you a heightened awareness of Allah in your acts of worship. Someone was asked, what is the benefit of muraqaba? He said, "Man راقب Allah ahsana amalahu. Whoever makes muraqaba of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will beautify his actions. The acts of worship won't be just a mere observance or a custom or just merely an obligation. The person will beautify it and it will be a means of enjoyment for him, like the Messenger comes into the room at night, the Hujra, the private quarters of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And after the initial chit chat, Nabi asks her permission that will you allow me to perform ibadah? So don't feel bad if you have to ask permission from your wife when you've got to leave the home. Like the youngster who said, but Mom, when will I reach the age that I don't have to check with you every time I'm leaving the home? So the mom responds and says, Even dad hasn't reached that age as yet. <laughs> so after the initial period of conversation, Nabi Salaam then asks Sayyid Aisha, Will you allow me to perform my worship? And she responds by saying, Oh, Nabi Allah, I am desirous of your company. I love being in your company but I'm also desirous of that which makes you happy. And I know that by allowing you to make worship, to do your worship, that will bring you happiness. Therefore, I'm granting you the permission. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa spends the night in worship, the entire night, to such an extent that he exerts himself till his feet are swollen. And you can see the effect Sayyid Aisha in a different narration speaks about the fact that the entire area around the Messenger ﷺ was filled with tears. And as the crack of dawn comes, and Sayyid Aisha ta'ala sees Nabi ﷺ in this condition where his feet are swollen, and he's really pushed himself in worship, and she asks, لمَا Allah, why do you do this? وَقَدْ You've been forgiven. Your past and future sins. Your past sins have been forgiven. If by chance you had to commit a sin in the future, that is also forgiven. So wh- why? For what? What is the motivation behind this? Why are you pushing yourself in this manner? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Afalaha <laughs> akuna abdan shakura. It's just that I want to be an appreciative servant to my Allah. And this is how I show my appreciation to Allah. Our worship is a form of showing gratitude and appreciation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So with this muraqaba, we then attain that enjoyment in our acts of worship. That is one benefit. A second benefit is that it becomes a means of stress relief. And how? Your thoughts affect your physiology and your physiology affects your psychology it's a bit of a bio lesson so what happens is that when you have happy thoughts then dopamine and serotonin are the two hormones that are secreted in the brain and as a result you feel uplifted so with the muraqaba you get clarity of thought which would uplift your entire experience giving you a greater quality of life the second benefit The third benefit is that it becomes a means of you controlling your emotion. We've all become highly charged individuals. A person simply takes a few extra moments when taking off from the robot and we're already ready to engage in a fist brawl. We're ready to beat the man up because he wasted my time. 30 seconds extra to wait at this robot. Small things like that provoke us. Because we're so charged and because of the numerous demands and responsibilities that we have. And by creating this moment of quietness for us on a daily basis, it will give us better control of our emotions. The fourth benefit is that it will become a deterrent from sin. When Zuleika wanted to seduce Yusuf, salam, and at that moment, she was in a private quarters and she was about to make an advancement. At that moment, her eye fell on the idol that was present in the room. So she went forth to take a cloth to cover the idol. And Yusuf, والسلام, seizing the moment, said to her, Atastahi min wala astahi min malik You feel ashamed of an inanimate object and i should not feel ashamed of the all present all powerful allah so you'll have that realization of the presence of allah which will then become a deterrent from committing sin it is that's, it is for this reason that attaining muraqaba is not just something by the way or a byproduct it is the essence it is the pinnacle of the deen because it is via this medium that we will reach the state of Ihsan, which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke about in his hadith to Sayyidina Jibreel. What is Ihsan? To be constantly in that state where you are seeing Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And in conclusion, what we need to understand is that, this is the quotation, that we need to watch our thoughts because they become our words. We need to watch our words because they become our actions. We need to watch our actions because they become our character. We need to watch our character because that becomes our destiny. May Allah, Rabbul Izza give us the ability to continue in all acts of goodness.